Golden Rose. We don't want to know. We're dedicated yes. to our favorite shows. All my circuits. Everybody loves Hypnotoad. Scary Dog. Dancing at Blurred Ball. Futurama. Good evening. You are listening to a Radiligion Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. For real, real this time, not for play play. Last night we were doing triple feature and I played the TV party theme. That's like the first time in 16 years of doing this. Anyway, this is a premier Radiligion Broadcasting Podcast and I'm your host, the Mandated Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radilage. And tonight, our favorite show for real, real, not for play play is Lost in Space. Season three, the finale season, brought to you by the good people at Netflix, among others, such as Sazama, Sharpless Productions, Apple Box Entertainment, Synthesis Entertainment, Clickety Clack Productions, and Legendary Television. And my legendary co-host tonight, who has been on this journey with me, he's as lost as I am, maybe not in space, maybe so, who knows, he'll tell us now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been David Wright week since the beginning of December, and David Wright week goes on. Hello, David Wright. Hi, I, th- I like to think of it as like the TV Party Tonight Winter Marathon 2022. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of like swimming, cycling, and running, it's like Lost in Space Season 3, Cobra Kai Season 4, and Witcher Season 2. Yep. Yeah, we, we've, we've had quite the run here. Um, I think it started with Foundation, and now this, and then, yeah, you're at Cobra Kai, and then The Witcher, and then Agretzko, and then finally you can go back to your wife, <laughs> yes. keeping you hostage in podcast land. Well, some of those shows she likes to watch, too. And that's good. Um, yeah. I, uh, I've really enjoyed Lost in Space. It started off a little slow with season one. Season two was hot bananas, and this finale season, which was shorter than I thought it would be, um, I was geared up for a 10-episode drop. I was and so I happy when it was eight. It's like, yeah, oh, good, I can actually finish it on time. Oh, that, and that was the funny thing, because like I would watch. Um, I don't like people, and I, <laughs> I've stopped eating. Me too. <laughs> I know, shocker. Uh, and so I started eating my lunch in the in a secluded break room away from my workstation, instead of the break room that's directly attached to it, where the bathrooms are, and everyone walks in and out of. And so, like, I would go in there and go on TikTok or listen to a podcast or something. And everyone would come into the break room and want to talk to me. I don't know why. I hate everyone. And I don't want to talk to anyone. But they all want to talk to me. So <laughs> I. So then I used to go. Oh, sounds like a really good sitcom setup. It really is. Um, Mark hates everybody and everyone talks to Mark. Starring, yeah, and everyone loves Mark. Starring Tony Danza. Um, so uh, I would go to. Then I would go to the break room on the other side of the building. But then they would find me and ask me to deal with crises that were erupting, in, you know, at my place of business. And I was like, God damn it, I can't get any peace. You should start charging them. <laughs> to, to work? Yes. Um, so long story short, I found this really small, like, break station um, in between another area of work um, at my job. And people come in and out of it, but, like, really briefly. Like, they come in to get a mm-hmm. soda and they run out again and nobody talks to me. It's perfect. All of that to say, I watched Lost in Space while I was at work on my break. And I was like, okay, I got to get as many of these in as I can because I got to get 10 episodes done in order to get beyond time for this podcast. And I look and, I, and I'm looking, like, how many? And I've done a couple of these now. And I'm like, how many more of these do I have left? And it's like, holy crap, we're almost done. 
So I was pleasantly surprised. It was a, a nice, tight eight-hour movie to wrap up this season. What do you think? Yeah, pretty much agreed. It's, I don't I, I don't think having an extra two episodes would have helped them that much. I think it would have started to to drag. Yeah, I um this season, It didn't feel compressed, but it didn't feel No, I I thought I thought, you know, they had to get the kids off the planet. They had to find their parents. They had to eventually get to Alpha Centauri uh Centauri. Um they had to figure out what they were going to do with Sar and Scarecrow and Robot, and they did. They did all of those things very um very swiftly i thought uh they, they didn't linger in one area for too long and i think that was like my first problem with like the very first season of lost in space is that it takes a hell of a time to get started and like i think they were trapped in the ice for like 10 you know 12 out of 10 episodes um, it was that went on forever yeah there wasn't a lot of planet variety in the first season i think there was two two planets they went to yeah. If I remember correctly. It, it's been a while. I, mm. I don't know about you, but I was like blanking a bit on some characters in this season. It's like, oh, I think they were in the previous season, but I can't remember who they were. Yeah. Um, I there was a, there was some level of detail here that I kind of just went with and used context clues to figure out. But like um Judy's dad, I thought Judy was just straight adopted. Yeah, same. I didn't realize Maureen was actually her biological mother. It, neither did I. And that's also a difference from this season to the first season was the use of flashbacks. They limited use of flashbacks to tell a very specific detail about something. And then they were in the contemporary story as opposed to the first season where they were flashing back constantly. And mm -hmm. I felt like there was as much story in flashback as there was in, um, in the, in the now in the contemporary, which I did not love. Like Lost in Space is definitely an, a series that got better over time. Yeah, I mean, first seasons are usually a bit rougher than the following seasons because, you know, mm. the show's still finding its feet. But, yeah, I think it's a show that certainly rewards you for sticking with it a little bit at the start. And once it gets moving, then it's it's hard to hard to stop. For sure. Um, Season two, though, I thought kind of really kicked off pretty quick, though. It's like yeah. episode one, we're turning this spaceship into a sailboat. It's like, okay, I'm on board. <laughs> Yeah, no, season two and season three were, were, were fantastic. And I have to say, like, season three, you know, a lot of television shows don't always stick the landing. Like, it ends and you're just like, ugh, this, this, is where we, this is where the trip took us, huh? Well, I'm not happy. But I have to say, um, and I, I don't want to get too far ahead, we're going to talk just in general about the show. We're not going to go episode by episode. But, I, but um, to, not to jump around too much, but I have to say, like, the way that they ended the show, especially the last two or three episodes with with what Will does, were absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. I'll, you know, I'll just talk about this now. Sure. So um, so the, the big thrust of season three, other than, you know, the kids were separated from their parents and they now have to get off the world, find their parents and go to Alpha Centauri. Um, and, you know, and they're being and everyone is being pursued by Sar and the evil robots who all want to get to Will. And we'll destroy all the humans if they, if given half an opportunity. So a lot of this is how do we get to Alpha Centauri without the robots finding us? That's the main thrust. Yeah, and, we're lost in space with killer robots chasing us. Right. Yeah. There's there's that like a ticking clock and a real sense of urgency, which helps the show a lot. Yeah. Though if you're gonna have like a big bad evil robot that's trying to find and kill people, maybe don't name it with an acronym that usually means search and rescue. <laughs> I was thinking about I, I they kept calling it SAR and all I could think about was like the human virus. 
Yeah, like SARS. Yeah, that, that yeah. was it. Because we don't think about viruses enough these days. No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, for those of you listening in the future, it's like 2022 <laughs> here, and you know we're we're still we're still uh, trying to get out of this damn pandemic. Yeah, that is quickly becoming endemic, as Robert Winfrey gleefully likes to remind us. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm happy. He's happy. Yeah, there's bad news. Yay. <laughs> Um, anyway, what I was getting to was one of the things I liked about this season was they gave Will a lot to do. Will has a lot of both physical and emotional growth. And there comes in over the course of the first handful of episodes, like the first half of the season, he discovers how the robots communicate with each other and what controls their programming and whatnot. And he finds the civilization that um, had them under control in the first place. This all leads to Will getting the idea that he could somehow get through to Sar. He's like a woman. He's gonna change him. Don't you understand? <laughs> he's gonna get. He's gonna. He's gonna win the battle through the power of negotiation and speech. He got this lesson from Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman 1984. Don't you understand? Uh, it fails. He gets stabbed. Um, and and I'll tell you. This is why I brought this up. I did not have an emotional reaction to him getting stabbed, and I'll tell you why. I'm too cynical of a television watcher now. I knew they were, they, there was no way he was going to stay dead. This is too far in the future to get a mere stab in the heart to oh, kill yeah. a character off. Well, it's like watching T'Challa getting snapped away in uh, yeah in, in, in Endgame. It's like, yes, the, the, the lead of the highest-grossing film of the year that has smashed untold box office records. They're not right. doing that anymore. Yeah, no. Yeah, if that as much as I loved Infinity War, that was why the ending of that, like, it, to a large degree, like, I, I appreciated the balls on them to let the bad guy win and just end the movie. You know, he goes off to the farm to live deliberately. And, you know, and you have Captain America like, oh, God. Um, on the other hand, I was like, I know this is part one of a sequel. You can't fool me. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I know they're all going to come back except for Ben Parker. But... <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, it's it's more like the how do they solve the problem and how do the characters react because they don't know yeah. that, that everyone else is coming back. But yeah, I, I get your point there. It's Yeah, you, you, you become a bit too genre savvy for yeah. it to really... Uh, well, it was like that when we had the big reveal that uh, like Sar killed the the creators of, mm -hmm. of his robots. It's like, wait, this is a surprise to you? Do you live in a world where science fiction doesn't exist? <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, there's a right. bunch of killer alien robots here, and we just found, like, the remains of the civilization that built the robots. You know, like, my first idea of what could have possibly happened is, I bet the robots killed them. <laughs> you know, like, so, the same thing happened with the Orville. It's like, wait, you're surprised? Like, you know, robots don't build themselves. Someone right. has to actually do the first step there. Right. So I was not surprised. here, But here's where I was going with this. What did get me, what I did have an emotional reaction to, and take a drink, everybody, because, you know, take a drink every time Mark has, an, has a visceral emotional reaction to something having to do with parenting. Um, when Will's dad, now, mind you, they had just connected. Whatever yeah. their issues, and I vaguely remember them having some, you know, I think the way Lost in Space starts is Will's dad and Maureen are just, Don is his name, Don and Maureen are not getting along, and I think Maureen is about to yeet the kids off the planet to go to Alpha Centauri without yeah, him. Well, I think he's it's like, like yeah. not without me, you're not. Yeah, well, John is a soldier, so he's been on deployment mm -hmm. doing whatever is happening in the universe at the time there, and Maureen's a very, like, authoritarian isn't the right word, really, but yeah, she's, 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 very, yeah, she's very much in control of things. Like, she's yeah. the one, 
you know, like she's got the kids' schedules all mapped out. You know, she, she's mm-hmm. very driven and, and and controlling, not in a creepy, nasty way, but yeah, I could, I could, I think all those kids are a little suffocated by their mom a bit with how Can driven we- she is. And then John comes back into this environment and, you know, he he's the outsider. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of like the first season is very much the family putting itself back together. And yeah, John and right. Maureen kind of learning how to value each other and establish that sort of couple's dynamic of, you know, the, becoming partners again in in their relationship it, it reminded me of something else which i which is escaping me for the time being it'll probably come back to me probably while you're talking and i'll just blurt it out yeah um <laughs> mm-hmm. but there was something else where like uh oh you know what it was it was it was the force awakens it was han and mm-hmm. leia where you know they got to a point in their marriage where they loved each other but they didn't like being around each other and so their way of dealing with it was leia went off to start another rebellion and han went back to smuggling yeah, I mean, also they're like their 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 only child like murdered a whole bunch of children. I couldn't remember if that was before or after. Um, sorry. Yeah, I think I think I think Ben, yeah, Kylo Ben turning to the dark side and killing all the the mm-hmm. Jedi's. That was that was sort of the inciting incident that really kind of before his broke uncle them. tried to kill him. Um, let's not forget that. that yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's let's not go down that rabbit hole. This is a lost in space <laughs> podcast. Okay. We 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 can we can do a, a, a post mortem on the sequel trilogy. Another another no, podcast. No, we won't. Um, so, my point is, in, by comparison, I think Maureen and John had kind of fallen into the same thing as Han and Leia, where it was like they they just kind of hit a point where um, Maureen was like, I think we'd be better off without you. Neither of us want to be in this marriage anymore. We don't, I think it was more like Maureen was sort of, I don't really need you. You're sort of the third wheel. I've, I've got everything, you know, I've got everything on my own. This wasn't, it it wasn't to the point of you. I'm a strong, independent woman who don't need no man, but it was just, you know, she's like, like we're, we're longing for like strong, badass women to the point where we have to like gender swap people and all of this other stuff. Like Maureen's, Perfect, like right up there with with Ripley and Sarah Connor in terms of like like badass non hypersexualized adventure women. I think to a point, great. yeah, she's great, but like she's not. I wouldn't say she's an action hero. Like she's very smart, and you know mm-hmm. she's willing to you know get thrown around this by the forces of nature. Sh- this isn't an action show. They're not ninjas. Not so they, much. They, yeah. they whereas, solve problems with science. Yeah. Whereas John the soldier, he's more like he's the guy that you call when something's trying to kill us. We need to yeah. get break this down into the the tactics. But he also sort of brings that sort of way of being able to think in a crisis and deal with mm-hmm. those situations and the people. And yeah, it's like he's more wanting to reconnect with the family. He's just not sure how. Right. And it's and Maureen's not really in a hurry to let him in. Yeah. And it's just kind of through the adversity of the first season, like starting to realize, like, no, like he he's he can contribute more to this than just lifting heavy things, right? And he's more, so he's, he's here for more than just shooting and stuff. So where I was getting to was John and Will like connect in a really really beautiful yeah. way, the way fathers and sons should connect, and you can see a lot of the walls just kind of crumble between them, and they and they love each other, and they are father and son, and just as soon as that happens, Sar stabs Will. And I'm like, okay, he'll be fine. Um, like, they'll throw him in a Bacta tank. You know, the Star Wars reference. Take a drink. Yeah. Um, and he'll and they'll they'll figure it out. They'll science him all up. They'll you know he'll be fine. They'll give him some potatoes. It'll work out just fine. <laughs> um, where I lost my crap and like, thank God I was I was in a, like secluded away from people again because I started to ugly cry and I really needed to pull myself back together again. Is when John starts punching robot 
and like you were supposed to protect him. You weren't. You were supposed to stop this from happening, and he's just punching the poor robots. Just like, yeah, I'll just sit and take it. Yeah, I, I think bald. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I, I'm not yet a parent, so I I don't quite mm-hmm. have that here. Like I, I I understand that in relation to marriage, like you know the way mm-hmm. you know, like the that bond, but yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. But uh, yeah, as he was punching the robot, I realized it's not he's not actually mad at the robot; he's mad at himself. He's just punching the robot to vent his frustration, and the robot seems to be aware of that and just you know, like let it out, man. I'm I'm okay. I yeah. I'm, I'm made of alien metal. Do yep. your worst. Yeah, you know? it's 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 like when you see like a woman kind of in that same s- set of circumstances where she's just pounding on the man's chest and the man just takes it and you're like, okay, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I understand. It's 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 not really about me. You're just you're you're processing something and you need something to like, like you mm-hmm. know, if, if I go home and I've had a really shit day and I punch a pillow, I know the pillow's not done anything wrong. It's just being a pillow, but I right. just I needed something to hit that I won't break. Yep. To, to just get that energy out of me. And I think in a, in a lesser well-written show, the robot would have become dejected and left them thinking that they don't love it anymore or something like right. that. Whereas this is season three. Like we've been through a lot of stuff we've done. We don't trust the robot. So, you know, the robots knows, knows its place and it kind of has a better understanding of the dynamics. Yeah. I loved Will this season. I thought, you know, in terms of the hero, the, the the hero that throws himself into danger, saves the people around him, in combination with something that I think is a real lost art in terms of science fiction. I think, you know, you probably watch more science fiction than, than I do. But so when I say this, it's just based on the kinds of things that I watch. Like real science fiction isn't necessarily people shooting at stuff and punching their way through things. It yep. is solving problems through science or fictional science either mm-hmm. way like every episode like from the you know from the this the problem with the kids was the engine was busted and they had and they needed raw materials to fix the engine so the mine ore, smelt ore, rebuild engine with smelted ore, so they could then take off and go to alpha centauri and i'm like this is fantastic yeah like yeah holy crap you're you're mining and smelting titanium into a highly precise <laughs> you know the engineered, you know engine nozzle. Like that's that's pretty crazy stuff to do. I mean, yeah, they have future technology like a probably like a really fancy three D printer. But even still, I'm like, wow, like I couldn't do that. Well, I it's a, it's a show that I think really knows that the audience for this is the show is going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be a pure science fiction show, and either people are going to go with it like us, or they're going to abandon it because what they really want is fantasy set in space. That's not the <coughs> foundation. That's not what this is. And that's why one of the reasons why I love it so much is I I love the idea that every problem that they're confronted with is a problem, is is a puzzle they have to solve. Um, There's a scene where, uh, so the the kids, again, through science, save their parents from the robots. Um, The robots are trying to get aboard. I think they're they're, they're after an engine. Um, Yeah. And they're trying to get aboard the human ship so that they can scan them and figure out where Alpha Centauri is and just deal with the humans once and for all, I think is the overall plan. And somewhere yeah. along the line, they want to get Will, uh, Sar wants specifically Will Robinson because, you know, this is, this is now about revenge. This is this yeah. well, personal. Well, we, we learned that he wants Will because Will was able to make the robot fight, mm-hmm. break its programming and become its own 
its own person, basically. Yeah. So it's and like, yeah, you know, what the heck? What did you do? Yeah, he yeah, needs to I, figure out how the magic works. So he needs Will for that. Yeah, so he um, can get rid of it. Right. And and so everything is in service to that. Is you know, it was a new problem that they solve. And so like the kids show up um, with their warp engine, and they save the parents, and the, all the parents except for the Robinsons go off uh, to Alpha Centauri. The Robinsons realizing that the robots are hot on their tail um need to lose the robot so they can't go directly to alpha centauri they'll get they'll get everyone killed they yet again <laughs> yep. crash on yet another planet yeah another random planet they're lost in space again they're yep <laughs> always lost in space but the thing that i'm citing specifically is that when they crashed everyone got separated and maureen specifically was in a situation where something was cracked in the hydraulics of her chair I really need to be like, like very specific about this because I, I yeah. loved. I, I was confused by this. Okay, it's like, so 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 you have weight sensors in your ejection seat that fire the engines when there's no one in the seat. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what the logic is of that. Like I, I I'll, I'll confess, like ejection seats are kind of complicated things that there's mm -hmm. a lot more to them than just rocket and chair. But I'm I'm not sure how the the logic behind. Uh, that I don't know if it, it got messed up or they, something, but they anyway. needed a situation for Judy, for Maureen to be helpless, and for Judy to be in charge, and for Maureen to see that. That was the tension. That was the drama. Yeah, the, I, I get you're, that. You're a little in the weeds, Robert. Let's let's get back to the central thing. Here. It, it didn't it didn't destroy the show for me. It was just <laughs> kind of every time I switch, it's like you know how how does this work? Like this, you know, for for a show that tries to be somewhat realistic and logical mm -hmm. about. Most of the things that goes on in it, this is a bit kind of. Um, I don't think this thing works the way that the writers thinks it does. But I, yeah, anyway. well, I'm not a science person, as I'm sure everyone who's listened to this show has guessed. <laughs> science was not my strong suit in high school; it was English, um, so I didn't care. It was a magic chair, and it was busted. And if she got, and if she got, and if essentially it was a landmine. Um, yeah. And if she got off of it, they'd all die. That was the problem that Judy then had to solve. And she, oh, by the way, she has to solve it with one arm. And I love that. I, I love that this, the show organically created situations where characters could interact and have tension and drama between them. But there was also a solvable science problem for them to deal with. And that's like a lot of the show. Um, it's very think, Martian, like the Martian. Yeah. You know, this yeah, is, this and, is I've, and I've raved you know, about that movie. Oh, I love that movie. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. it's in it's our review is actually in the archive from when it was uh, in theaters hint hint uh plug plug anyway um I, I have to say like i think in seasons past there were some characters who they were okay i didn't love them i know judy and penny i think i've talked about this before like they're not my favorite characters on the show and i loved both of them especially penny this season i penny think they had, had a lot more to do this season like they yeah. gave judy and penny like past seasons yeah it's more john and maureen and then will and the robot uh, this this one, yeah, we get more more Penny, more Judy, and also a lot more Will and a lot more Robot. Like, I think this is yeah. the Robot's best uh, season. But yeah, they also mm -hmm. gave Penny and Judy quite a bit more to munch on. Well, not only that, but like Penny, um, Penny has a lot of growth this season. You know, so Penny is the one with the big heart, and she's the one who deals with the teenage drama, and that is certainly a big part of what she's doing this season. She's trying to figure out which boy she wants to be with or if she wants to be with the boy at all. And, but she has a great hero moment and it really, and it goes to her character. And I think a big way that I really, really liked. So 
the the robots have landed on Alpha Centauri, and there's yet another problem is that is that they have they have a shield system that only one person knows how to use, and it was the guy abusing the robot. So and he's dead now. And now he's dead. He got his comeuppance. Um, so they need to activate this thing, and there's a whole bunch of quirky science things they have to do to get to get that done. Which I was I was really I, I it's essentially he has. It's voice activated, and you have to, in his voice, say these keywords, and then the thing will turn on. And they're like, it was such a future thing, but it was a future thing that sort of satirizes or mocks modern culture. So they go to the guy's wife's yeah. house. I don't know what they're complaining about. He didn't have to include any special characters or numerics in those. <laughs> they go to the guy's wife's house, and they're like, you have any recordings of him? you know, that we can just peer through so we can find key words he might have said. And the wife and the wife goes, well, I don't think he said those words specifically. And they're like, no, no, we're pretty sure he did. Just not all in one sentence. And <clears throat> they, there's a whole scene of her and Grant, Judy's dad, who she finds in space, um, who's been in like cryo sleep. Yeah, more on that later, I assume. Yeah, you, well, you can get to it since I'm done yeah. here. Um, and they're just going through, they're essentially like flipping through audio recording, uh, video, audio visual recordings to find the words. And I'm like, you know, in real life, that would be super tedious. <laughs> They'd be there forever trying to. So find I'm them. kind of surprised with like a planet full of like scientists and the best of the best, if someone mm -hmm. couldn't just like create some sort of audio search algorithm. I, I mean, yeah, let's be I, honest. All of our all of our cell phones and audio devices are recording us and looking for certain words anyway. I'm pretty sure. I was surprised that wasn't the solution because I'm like, are they really doing this manually? Am I supposed to believe that within an hour of having to, you know, with the hour window they had to solve this problem because like the aliens are like right there, you know, they they need to get this shit up and running now. Yeah, They'll, like they, I, they managed to find five words in in an infinite amount of recordings. I'm like. That's more unbelievable than your issue with the chair. But I yeah, was like, like, like nowadays it would just be Alexa, override code, Bezos, Alpha, Omega, One. <laughs> Tell me all the times Mark has said the words, you know, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Um, you know, what's funny about that now that you mention it, they have they have a service like that. It's just it's just um, it's just keyword searches. It's not uh, it's not audio. But I would imagine there, you know, in the year that this takes place, there's a Lexus Nexus for um, and I know that because, like, because Lexus Nessus is what uh, Ann Coulter does to do half the research for her books. Yeah. Um, you know, like how many times, like, this keyword has been in the New York Times or some shit uh, is what she uses it for to make points. Uh, I would imagine in the future they would have a Lexus Nessus for audio and visual recordings. This was a yeah. this was a little contrived. Now that I now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. But, but again, I, just for, for the utility of the story, yeah, like yeah. we don't need to see that. Like you don't want right. to watch people coding algorithms. It's it's not that <laughs> exciting when you're actually looking at it. Sure. Um, anyway, they have to get the shield up, and there's a great bit where they get the shield up in the ta-da nick of time, but the robots. <laughs> but you ever you ever try to make a yellow light that <laughs> the robots the robots like hit the gas and they're like ah! <laughs> and they crash their ship they kamikaze right into the planet now all the robots that survived the crash uh, yeah, now, <laughs> yeah now now i'm just imagining like it in a cut to like the cockpit where sars just like pedal to the metal and you just have like the the, the other robots backseat driving you know we are not going to make it. it's like we're going to make it be like Klingons from Star Trek. They're just like, sir, the shields are going up. Hit the gas, Korg. <laughs> like, but sir, <laughs> just hit them yeah. out of the seat. <laughs> yeah, today is a good day to die. Kapla. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so they crash land, and the, the robot. I want to see Worf taking a driving test. <laughs> they they dust themselves off, and um, and they go and they go hunting for Will. 
Now, a couple of them, though, have been buried under rocks and have been split in half and all this other stuff. And so Penny has this really great hero moment, you know, and heroes are, and as Penny shows us through her actions, Penny has this really great moment where she recognizes that they may be a collective following orders, but there's a, rate, a way to reach them by showing that humans are mostly harmless. Wink. Um, yeah, so- <laughs> I, I got that reference. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so one of them is like buried and can't move. And she, I think she had asked out loud, what did Will do to connect with this robot? Will saved its life is what, he, what Will did. Um, and that was the first season. It was like the first episode. Yeah. So Penny saves this robot, and she and the and, and the robot reacts the same way. Thank you for saving me. I now owe you a life debt. So yeah, as long as they don't find out we play cricket. Yeah. So um, so now the robot is the the robot is uh, beholden to her and willing to help her out. And I think either the robot communicates this with some other ones, or they just start helping the other robots. I don't remember which one it is. But now we have the yeah. If they they ro- realize, oh hey, if we help the robots, then they won't kill us anymore, and they'll fight for us. Right. Okay. And it works. Um, and so the robots, the the, good, the the newly turned robots start fighting the bad robots. And But the whole reason I went into all that was that's, that's like Penny's best moment in the entire season. You know, as, as a bit ditzy as she tends to be at times, she comes through and, and, they, and I'm glad the writers like included her as one of the people who gets to do something really, really big in the season. All right. Yeah, and it didn't feel contrived. No, no, it didn't. It felt very organic. All right. Before I, I talk too much, um, go ahead and talk about Judy and Grant. Yeah. So I thought that they did a good job of sort of showing those two getting to know each other. Like they kind of, mm-hmm. I was really happy they skipped sort of the, the cheapo typical drama you would expect in that situation. Mm-hmm. You're like, you were never there for me, Dad. It's like, oh, but I was on space. That's no excuse. Or or they didn't go the other way and make him a dick where it's just like, oh, I never wanted a daughter and I don't want one now, bitch. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> not like yeah, he's not like Tommy Lee Jones from Ad Astra. Oh, such a bad movie. <laughs> I've not seen it. It's not good. Yeah, you're 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 not missing anything. I I I waited for, for the movie to get exciting and then the credits started. <laughs> yeah. Um Hey, you know what and- might have helped Ad Astra be a better movie? What? Can't you do a little better than what? Okay. Could 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 could, could it be like some sort of uh, program that would help you write better online? Well, it's not Lexus Nexus. Even better, it's Grammarly for you listeners of TV Party tonight. Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Suppose you have a robot that's cut in half and you want it to turn good. Grammarly will help you put that robot back together and you can talk to it and it'll help you. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors. Improving your vocabulary and suggesting style improvements. So download Grammarly today. Go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. Yeah, All right. Does not actually repair robots or turn them from evil to good? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Read the fine print. Um, yeah, right. yeah. The, the wrestling to the max networks will not be held legally liable for any <laughs> difficulties you arise from your use of Grammarly and or killer robots. I'll send all hate mail to sgarmer at gmail.com. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, but no, like it's, it's, I appreciate how Judy doesn't try and it doesn't jump out right out at him with, you know, you're mm-hmm. my dad. She kind of yeah. 
and and she's about to. And then he's like, you know, I've, I've had enough, like yeah. <laughs> enough enough bombshells for one day. What with you know, it being twenty years in the future, and there's a colony ship with blaster and light travel being chased by killer robots. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm 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 done for the day. No no more bombshells. <laughs> yeah, no moss. I, I I've I've had all the reveals I'm gonna have. Thanks. Yeah. And and Judy handles it well. And then when yeah. she finally, and then after getting to know each other a little bit more, and he's a little bit more settled, and they have this journey together, then she's like, "Look, I," because he starts talking about like he starts talking about how Maureen was an astronaut, and Judy starts to like blame herself for being like born. And yeah, that happens Maureen. a little later, but yeah, yeah, this is I think this is kind of the the initial yeah kick, kick off for that, but yeah, we're we're still in the dealing with you know I found my my original biological father right well the, the the reason i brought that up was she he's talking 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 and she's going and she's at a point where well like, she's kind of quizzing him like you know mm -hmm. oh, what do you miss the most from earth hoping right. that i assume she's hoping that's the oh, you know i left you know my my, my daughter behind her my pregnant right. that he you know, wife know, but, which he didn't yeah. even know about he didn't know she was pregnant he didn't know he had a daughter um so I, I think she gets to a point where she realizes that she can't keep this from him anymore. He's going to like the longer she keeps this from him when he does find out he's going to feel more and more like an asshole. Again, in, in a in a worse show, it would have been mm -hmm. someone else spilled the spills the beans and then he gets right. all resentful that she didn't tell me in time. Yeah, like he slips up. He slips in a puddle of her DNA and realizes he had a daughter or something. Yeah, or they get back to the base, and Penny's like, "Oh, Judy, oh, you found your father." He's like, "What? What?" Right. He's like, "Oh, right. was I not supposed to say that?" Teehee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, N none of that crappy, soapy melodrama. Mm -hmm. This is about space and sciencing the shit out of things. The other thing I was really like pleasantly surprised by was that Grant wasn't like some sort. Grant wasn't uh, Paul Reiser from Aliens. You know, he wasn't secretly harboring ill will towards anyone. He he didn't turn out to be a villain later on. He's just like <laughs> yeah. a helpful dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't the the reveal like you know, it was me all along. Like I, <laughs> you know, I I set loose the robots or something like that. Right. There was a bit of like. You know, I had a secret mission. We already knew that there was some alien technology to find, but again, it wasn't anything nasty or mm -hmm. evil. It was, yeah, it was just you know, like, yeah, like we we didn't really want to cause a public panic by uh, saying, oh, by the way, guys, we just found out you know evidence of extraterrestrial life. No idea if it's friendly or not. You know, let's just go and you know figure out what we're dealing with and you know ease people into that. Yeah, like he was, yeah, he was just a good, good, helpful guy and. Mm -hmm. uh, and and when Judy did finally break the news to him, he didn't he didn't get overly emotional or resentful. Right. He just you know like put out his hand to you know to sort of welcome her. Like he didn't jump into like oh I have to be your dad now. Right. Like okay you know this is new you know this is awkward for the both of us. So nor does he nor does he have like the hots for Maureen and try to break up her marriage with John. Yeah, or and even nor try and and, nor, and John doesn't punch him in dead in the face for being a man with a penis who used to be with Maureen. Yeah, and he doesn't even try and like usurp John as her right. as the father role. It's just kind of like again, he's like, okay, you know, like I'm gonna be friendly. Like, you know, I accept this turn of events, right? And we're just kind of gonna step by step figure it out together, sort of it, thing. It's fun to watch a show with grown ups and intellectuals. That yeah, who actually act like real people and not just <laughs> petulant liberal arts students who are upset because their parents were really nice and bought them everything and wanted them to succeed in life and taught them to get jobs. This is not a Greg Berlanti show for sure. Yeah. Um, is, yeah. I don't feel like this is like the writers just, you know, writing down their therapy sessions or yeah, anything no, no like one, that. No one's working through anything. Um, I well, have to say, 
Well, they're working through you know, killer robots and bringing the family. No, no, no. no. I they're, mean, they're, like they're not yeah. working through their own. This isn't the Matrix Resurrections. They're not working. This isn't a therapeutic exercise. They're just running a killer show. Yeah. Um, so I just real quick on Judy, and then we can move on. I want to talk about Smith this season. Mm -hmm. um, Judy, I think she was a little insufferable in previous seasons. The little bit that you had to deal with her. Um, well, like Penny could be annoying. I enjoyed mm -hmm. Penny's energy. Uh, and Will was always just a frightened, shaky leaf that I didn't like him a lot either. And everybody like steps it up. Penny, uh, Judy has an assuredness about her without being a twat. Yeah, I think um, it's because she's been captain for a year now, right. so she kind of she's she's grown into the the like yo know, hey I can mm -hmm. do this I you know I, I don't need a parent holding my hand anymore I miss right. them but you know I I I now know that I've I've got the stuff to to be a leader on my own. Yeah, she's also not trying to. I think in seasons past uh, the the previous two seasons she was always trying to like show up everyone around her. You know, I'm Penny the doctor, Maureen's daughter, and I have to be the bestest of the best of everyone. And that's what I think what made her insufferable. And here, yeah, well, she, even they, point, they addressed that. Comfortable. Yeah, they, they addressed that when like Maureen's trapped in the chair. Mm -hmm. She says, yeah, like I was always just trying to live up to you or surpass you. And Maureen was like, I that's never what I expected of you or wanted right. for you. And she's like, Well, that's that's what you you were saying, just not verbally. Like that was always mm -hmm. the attitude you and, and by the same token. I think I, I I I was a lot happier with way more because Maureen is usually like I, I I wouldn't have described her as insufferable. She didn't bother me like that, but, but it was definitely she's, like she's very driven and she's not the most. I, say, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to use this word empathetic of people, not mm -hmm. in a nasty way. It's just she's that type. She's very driven. Well, you know, I was gonna say you know how like in the chat. You're all talking about WandaVision, and I'm trying to schedule out for the next three years a podcast, and I don't have time for anyone's freaking nonsense. You know, and like I just don't have any patience for it. Um, that's Maureen. Maureen's like, I got shit to do. I don't have time for any of this. And that was always like her portrayal in the previous two seasons of going, like, I'm so much smarter than a lot of the people around me. I'm the one having to come up with solutions. I have to push, 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 push. And a lot of things are just taken out of her hands. And so the actress who plays her is really just struggling with the, you know, with having her hands cut off and having to let other people carry the weight and, and, do, the, and do the hero stuff that she's not able to do this season, which was great because the actor playing her did a really good job of that. Yeah, I think Maureen, she's very controlling. Like, you know, she, mm -hmm. she you know, it's it's hard for her to let others do stuff because, yeah, like I think in her mind, like you, know, you just don't know what they're gonna do. You know, it's sort of you know, if you want something done right, do it yourself. Like, like, you, 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 you can't do everything yourself. You need to. Your wife ever like take a chore out of your hands because you won't do it the way she wants it done? It's just easier for her to do it herself. That's Maureen to everybody and everything. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, like uh, kudos to the writers for sort of making her arc be a bit more learning how to trust and work with her family right. and and other people by extension. Yeah, again, like by this season, there's not too much for John and Maureen. They've kind of right. figured things out between each other, and they're they're doing good for the most part. They still bounce off of each other, like you know any couple does. But you can right. really see that you know they're together and and they're they're working through everything. So the actress who plays Smith, oh gosh, what Parker Posey. Parker Posey. Surprisingly, I thought, still on Netflix. Yeah, 
I thought she did a really, really great job with Smith. You know, Smith. They 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 wrote her less evil as as episodes went on from mm-hmm. season one to two to three, and here, you know, I was wondering what they were going to do with her because they play around with her giving herself up and everything else. But the, the, the overall arc of Smith was, and and I talked about this with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm not going to do the Shield thing, um, <laughs> but they but if you remember our our eight hour conversation about Falcon and Winter Soldier. The thing that I said I liked best about that show is it was about redemption. Yeah. You know, I am that is that is big with me. And when when it's handled well, it resonates with me big time. And that was her thing. It was, yes, I did terrible things and I came from a terrible situation and I probably should be punished. But what are we if we are not a forgiving society that allows people to have an opportunity to write their own ship? And that is her story. And so there's this really great bit towards the end of the season where which you're going to have to explain to me because I'm not entirely... She was about to kill somebody and I don't know why or what the deal Oh, uh, he was, I think, the captain or security chief on the mm-hmm. Resolute, like the the colony ship. Okay. And he and he found out that... She, he figured out that she was not really uh, Jonah Harris, that she she yeah. was... Yeah, that she... Yeah, she, she was a stowaway. And uh, I think she might have thrown someone out an airlock. I'm not sure oh, yeah, at some did. point. Yeah. yeah. So, so she was sort of in big trouble. So, like, you, know, you know, I, I've covered my tracks up completely, other than this one guy. Right. You know, if, if he regains consciousness and has his memories intact, you know, he he can point at he he can you know make the accusation and offer evidence against me, and then I'm screwed. Right. So if if I just you know give him a lethal injection while he's still unconscious and you know complications. <laughs> you know, right. then you know I'm I'm off Scott three, so he's he's the only threat to her safety on the planet because the Robinsons have said like we're not going to do anything to help or hurt you here. We're just mm-hmm. gonna you know we're gonna let karma sort it out. So um, she nearly goes to kill him, and the robot shows up, and he does, and you know, and he's like Yoda. He's just you know he's yeah. like help friend or whatever, and she's like, wait, me? Are you trying to tell me to help someone? I don't understand what's happening here. And the robot, yeah, yes, yeah, the robot me. has a very limited vocabulary. <laughs> he's doing better than Groot, but they're basically the robots like, look, put the fucking needle down. Let's go. We got shit to do. Um, yeah, and and so her and and then they go off on an adventure with Will, but it's a really great scene, and then they come back to it later when she's telling. Will about how the robot saved her from herself, from her worst impulses. Yeah. And I like that. And I like, I liked that even in the end, you know, Maureen and her had kind of a um, Faramir uh, Frodo moment. You know, I guess we understand each other a little better now, don't we? And um, it made a little bit more, it made much more sense than it does in the two towers. So um, I, 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 so I liked all of that. I thought, you know, they wrapped her up really, really well. I want to talk really quick about Don, and then I'll, I'll concede. Over, I'll jump over to, back to you. Yeah, like Don was always like a kind of a comic relief character. I, yeah, I feel like, and it was like they were they would try to find stuff hero stuff for him to do, but he was always like the reluctant hero. I thought Don uh, did a lot of big time hero stuff in this season and was less jokey and like he was funny and he was definitely kind of the roguish Han Solo type, but it wasn't as played up as in previous seasons where he's more of like a coward and like, he doesn't really want to get involved in any of this. He just wants to bootleg gin and whatnot. I, th- I thought he was, I thought they wrote him really, really well. Yeah. Um, so starting off with Smith, I mean, I, I think I've said this in every podcast, Smith mm-hmm. is the hardest character to write because Smith is supposed to be a menace. Mm-hmm. Like this, like originally Smith is the, 
the saboteur that is responsible for them getting lost in space in the first place. Right. Yet Smith also has to be a regular on the show and see, you know, why would you keep this person who's basically out to kill you all? Right. You know, and then instead of you know, offing them. And in, in the original show, like in the sixties, he basically became like just this fop. Like he was sort of comic relief. He gets into mm -hmm. trouble due to his own selfish impulses that creates trouble for the Robinsons, but he's not really actively trying to harm them. Right. It's just more out of his own selfishness and ineptitude. And he he basically becomes a comedy duo with the robot mm -hmm. during the show. Um, which are really which is really great. Like Jonathan Harris, you know, did an amazing job with that part. In the sort of I forget when it was like the ninety nine movie or whenever it came out. Mm -hmm. Which I still have a soft spot for. You have Gary Oldman Smith, which hey, Gary Oldman. You know, sure. But he he was far more the this Smith is evil and it, it, like I think it's even a line in the show, like you know, why why don't we kill Smith? Like you, know, we you, we know the moment that he he has an advantage, he you know he'll he'd killed a lot of us, right? And then he basically almost does in the in the movie, like towards the end. It's uh, so you you that that kind of, and that's an issue that the movie never really resolved. Like Smith never got that uh, redemption moment where you sort of you know realize that okay, yeah, I made some mistakes in the past. I'm not that person anymore. I'm still, I'm still Smith, but I'm I'm not going to actively try and harm the Robinsons at this point. Right. And uh, this show kind of rides this show's incarnation of Smith. She rides the line in between fairly well, where she's she's more looking out for herself, like she's yeah. more selfish and willing to sell others out to her own benefit. Yeah, she's not trusting of others. You know, screw them before they screw you. That kind of attitude. And it, it works. And yeah, it's, it's a fine line to balance. And you think a lot of the time, you know, it, it is their own sense of morality that keeps her alive. You're like, well, right. we can't, we can't kill her. Cause that's, that's just not a good thing to do. But you know, we also don't want her. We, we, we know not to trust her once they yeah. figure out that she's lying. And, uh, and, and, and her skill set does come in handy at times where she's able to, Parker poses a really a lot of really funny line deliveries because I think there's two or three different instances where she has to fly the Jupiter and everyone's like, you're flying the Jupiter. She's like, I can fly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of like how she's like, let me fly the Jupiter. It's like, no, like we're not going to do it. We're going to let this pilot. It's like, he's 20 years out of date. It's like, he's still an ace pilot. Like, and then, then, then you get the end, like who's flying the ship. And she's like, Dr. Smith is like, yo, yay, it's me. Finally, I get to pilot the damn ship. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then you get and yeah, you kind of get the things where they're trying to put her in cryo sleep because there's not enough oxygen for everyone on board the ship. Oh my god! If there was any moment, like not when the robot sacrificed itself, not when Will got stabbed, there's I there was not a lot of believable tension for me. Like I was enjoying it and I wanted to see how things would get resolved, but I never had that. We're going to talk about this on Monday with Cobra Kai, where there are moments in Cobra Kai where I have no idea where this is going and I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, oh my god. This could go either way. I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm watching Lost in Space, and most of it, I'm like, the robot will be fine. Will will be fine. This will all resolve itself. They're going to get through this. They're not all going to die. It'll be fine. How are we going to do it, though? And yeah. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, like, um, with Parker Posey's character this season, um, there was something that she did where I, oh yeah, it was the cryo sleep thing. Jesus, sorry, my, it's late. Yeah, where she's 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 what? worried that if they put her in cryo sleep, they're not going to wake her up. 
I well, I not so much that I was legitimately concerned for every other kid on that Jupiter that I'm like, oh my god, some kid's gonna gonna end up in there. Like, there's no way she agrees to this. Like, she's got a plan, and I'm on the edge of my seat, going, how are they gonna do this? What horrors are gonna be unveiled? Yeah, it makes trapped in the cryo chamber. Yeah, it makes sense for the character without her being actively evil. Yeah, and then she goes in though, you know, and like she just kind of has that tete a tete with Will about it, and then. The best part is Will does wake her up. Will Will honors his bargain um, and, and wakes her up. She's like, oh, are we on Alpha Centauri? No, we're in danger and I need your help. And she's like, ugh, just put me back. Yeah, yeah. It's like, of course we are. Yep, it's, it's great stuff. Um, well, we've got time enough for one yeah. more thing if you want to talk about it. So I'll let you have the last word. Okay, uh, I guess, yeah, Don. Well, originally Don was the military uh, mm -hmm. like, like person on the ship. He wasn't a member of the Robinson family. And I think he was in a relationship with Judy, which they didn't do this time. Like Don has changed quite a bit, which mm -hmm. I don't really mind. Again, Lost in Space, I think it's just one of those franchises where it can have multiple incarnations. There's not sure. really a, a can canonical version of it. Right. So I it, it, and uh, yeah, like I, I thought Don was fine here. I mean, they kind of used the chicken thing a little, <laughs> little too much in the end. It's like, oh, yeah, we need to find Don. Where could he be? He's like with the damn chicken. He's always with the <laughs> damn chicken. But uh, yeah. I guess I um like I was kind of surprised that when Sar met up with him and scanned him, he didn't try and like lure Sar into like stepping in one of the <laughs> one of the pits or the goo piles that ate, oh. that eats things. Like that they, would have been sort of a clever use, you know, outthink the enemy. They make him a, they make him a capable mechanic, but that's about all he's really yeah, and and for. a skilled smuggler. Yeah, I mean yeah. it was a different character, and and he had a useful set of skills mm -hmm. and you know like perspectives that rounded out the cast nicely and yeah again, mm. i think they used him the right amount where he he, he never got too much that uh, i tell you i will tell you this um when the, that scene where they're going after the engine or what they think is the engine and they're yeah. in this giant sandstorm i i i bought that that maybe we're gonna lose don in that scene yeah i thought he, he was he's, a goner yeah he's, he's not uh, essential to yeah to the show he doesn't have plot armor but uh yeah um i think the one thing I found interesting was like just the character of Sar, where mm -hmm. I kind of wish we learned a bit more about him. It was kind of nice. We actually got that one scene where it's him talking with the robot in the cave and they actually subtitle what they're saying. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, now I actually understand a bit more of what's going on with the robots. But sort of Sar has, this, as near as we can tell, it's, you know, he doesn't want to be controlled by any other right. beings. Like he wants to break his programming. And that tracks. Oh yeah, that that tracks. The funny thing is, it's like whenever any of the other robots do anything he doesn't like, he violently murders them, like rips heads off. And yeah, they're not them. ambiguous about him being the big villain of this. And I, which yeah. when we're talking about Smith, you know, Smith was the big villain of, of season one. But once the robots became a bigger deal, Smith just becomes a a, a sort of chaotic neutral character to deal yeah. with. She's yeah. not the the robots of the big menace. Yeah, and I kind of wish they did a delved a bit more into SARS mm -hmm. philosophy or ideology and you know, like why it is the way it is uh, like a bit more going into, you know, the killing the master. I don't need like a whole spinoff series chronicling, you know, the, the civilization, but it's just more like, so, so your thing is you want to break programming, you want free will or something like that, which as near as I can tell you do have, but then when any of the other robots, gets the same thing and they don't do what you want them to do you murder them so it's well, you know hypocrisy much well i was gonna say it's it's like politics where and both sides do this it's like 
we yeah. want the freedom of choice of this particular thing that's important to us and we want you to not have the choice for the thing that you like yeah we think freedom of speech is important unless you say things i don't like right yeah or, or you need to listen to you know diverse voices mm -hmm. but only if they agree with me right it's my body my choice except that if it has to do with you know vaccinations that were rushed or abortion yeah <laughs> and again we're, we're not here to go dive deep into nope, rabbit holes I gave two diametric uh, <laughs> opposing viewpoints. Yeah, to yeah. Point, to illustrate yeah, point. yeah. We're we're keeping this apolitical as much as possible for the record, everyone. But yes, uh, um, I, yeah, I don't, I but don't but yeah. So I kind of think it would it would have been a bit more interesting to sort of delve into. Well, into like, that. well, that's that's why I raised that point. It's like he. It's like no, no. I want freedom for me and for the rest of you to follow me. <laughs> like I, yeah, it's like that's that's not how it works, buddy. Yeah, no, I, yeah, but that's great. But that's what, but that's what makes him a really great villain yeah. is yeah. that there's or, nothing about Star to feel sympathy towards. You just yeah. want him to be defeated. Yeah, like a, uh, like an interesting way they could have done it is like Will gets the ability to control the robots from mm -hmm. recording the sounds in the chamber, and then like at the end, end battle, like instead of using it, he basically throws it away and says, you know, like, I'm not going to be the masters like the masters were. Like they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're dead now. You know, I, and I'm just going to have to trust that, you know, I, we, I like, we can build something new. I mean, no, I'm okay with the way that it was. I, I think oh, it was yeah. very strong the way that it was, you know, with Penny saving some of the robots and them turning on Sar and and Sar being summarily defeated by the entire cast as they were projecting death metal at him. Um, <laughs> whale sounds, whatever it was. And then um, and then uh, him going after Will and then Will because he was touched by the robot yeah the robot puts him. something on his artificial heart like right. part of himself so when sar stabbed it he basically transferred his backup consciousness or whatever it is yeah, into it sar very, over like overwriting very, sar it was something like it was very spock wasn't it that that spot kind of the end of wrath of khan and into the search for spock where he put his what was this, his car his car his uh, Katra, i think it was called it's not really that important no <laughs> yeah <laughs> why i'm being silly about it but like he puts his soul into mccoy and mccoy is just carrying it around and he's sort of just a, you know split personality there for a while and then he puts it in back into spock's grown-up body again it was very much that sort of thing and there's a part of me that wants to yell contrived contrived it's the way they brought the robot back and have a happy ending except that it was a happy ending and i was satisfied mm -hmm. and i'm not going to sit there and tear it down because they couldn't be cleverer like it yeah. was, it was just fine. Yeah, like the show is very good at it. Actually, does a good job of subverting expectations, but having yeah. that contribute to the story. It's kind of like the Trey Parker, Matt Stone way mm -hmm. of writing, where you know everything that happens needs to be connected by either therefore or but. You know. I was gonna say it. The thing, the the strength of Lost in Space, besides that it's pure science fiction for those of you who like that sort of thing, is also every decision that gets made, every bit of plot. And uh, and story feels organic and earned. Yeah, like, I don't have a moment of oh they put that in there for chicks and giggles. Yeah, or, or yeah, or put that in there just to get to the next scene or because yeah. it would look cool in the trailer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, like the characters' decisions have actual consequences. This doesn't feel like somebody's therapeutic exercise. This doesn't feel like it was agenda driven. It feels like people who you know were really invested in wanting to tell a. a pure a great pure science fiction story and on the one hand like i don't want it to go because it's one of the better shows on television and i feel like 
there's so you know it there's so little of that there's there's some mm-hmm. there's stuff that before we started tonight uh, the guys over on the bleeding edge which alexis is, who's who's on our shows usually is guesting on like their number one pick for like marvel property of the year was wandavision and God bless them, but I mean, it made me want to eat a gun. Um, <laughs> I, I understand your issues with WandaVision. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't on that one, but I, I listened to it. Yeah, I like, look, I'm not saying there wasn't great things about it, there was, but it, you know, but it's not perfect, and it certainly wasn't the best Marvel thing this year. And yet, and yet, the, and it's not just them, there's plenty of other people who thought WandaVision was fantastic. And it's like, no, 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 this is fantastic. WandaVision <laughs> was fine. Yeah. Um, and so just, just just as a comparison, I could have said that about any show, but that just happened to be on my mind. My mm-hmm. my point is, so like I wish there was more like Lost in Space and a I wish there was more Lost in Space and less WandaVision, but that's just not the TV landscape right now. On the other hand, and this I funny, I mentioned this on uh the Metal Hammer of Doom. We were talking about uh, we briefly talked about Odd Taxi, and I had heard I read somewhere that they were contemplating an odd taxi season two, and I'm like howling at the moon. Please don't. That story's mm-hmm. done. The story was told. It wrapped up wonderfully. We don't need to see any more of this story. Please write something new. And that's where I landed with Lost in Space. Like they defeated the robots. They landed on Alpha Centauri. The family has grown. Everything is wonderful. The story is told. I'm done with this now. Move on to something else. But move on to something else of equal or greater value, please. Let's not yeah. doing drivel. Yeah, it's the the meat and potatoes of the writing of this are are rock solid. Like yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah, like strong character development. The characters, their decisions all make sense Mm-mm. in the situations they're put into. Very little feels contrived or shoehorned in there just because. Uh, yeah, it, it feels like an organic story with real characters who are who act like real people would in those situations and would most likely be in those situations. And yeah, it, it all progresses over the course of the show and ends in a very satisfying way. And then they get a little bit of the, the action in there too. And yeah, like it's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air where like, it's all just content, 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 you know, who cares if, if like the actual writing's good, everyone's looking at their cell phones anyway, I'm just going to throw in, you know, whatever I think no is cool, looks cool. There was no blue light in the sky. There was no two people with the same powers throwing fireballs at each other. You know. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like just a nice, well-written little show. And yeah, like it's... No, sorry, nobody tried to end the show with a big speech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no speeches, no voiceovers. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. But like voiceovers in science fiction these days are just terrible. Just please stop doing them. They don't work. They don't add anything to the stories. They just sound like a bunch of pretentious nonsense. I mean, it might have been better if somebody just yelled into a microphone, the spice must flow. But you know, aside yeah. from that. <laughs> yeah. But no, I get it. This definitely goes in the, in the, in the, the category of like good TV science fiction. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm sure like in a decade or so there'll, there'll be another rebooted version of lost in space. And Hey, I'm curious to see what they do with that version. Hopefully it'll mm-hmm. be good. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope that this team they they move on and they they do something else like another sci-fi show on streaming or something, and and we can enjoy that too. Because yeah, yeah, we 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 need more of this. Like I, and I think like we've got like one week left before the expanse wraps up on uh, on Amazon, and uh, you know that's kind of like the only other sort of like real sort of smart, well-written 
sci-fi show I can think of at this time. That's okay. Well, I know that's, that's on. one thing that you want to talk about. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, we'll get to it eventually. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's in the queue. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's it. That's our uh, wrap up of Lost in Space season three. I mentioned before, David has been all over me like a cheap suit. Um, these past, uh, you're welcome weeks. for that mental image. <laughs> yeah, Excuse me, I'm gonna go and floss my brain after this. <laughs> uh, he was on the foundation review. Um, he was he'll be on Cobra Kai, he'll also be on uh, The Witcher, Witcher, and, and the Gretzko. Um, so David has been all over the place this month, and he's been it's a busy month. On. Yeah, a lot, a lot going on. Um, this past week, yesterday, um, uh, Evan Bevins, Ronnie Adams, and I did <laughs> did three interesting movies uh, that are on streaming services right now. We had Prisoners of Ghostland, which you can find on Shutter, Shadow in the Cloud on Hulu, and Out of Death on Hulu. Um, that was in, that was a fun podcast just because they're fun guys to talk to. But those movies, yeesh! <laughs> uh, I aggravated a lot of people Wednesday night. We re-reviewed Bandmade Unseen World. And as, as many times I said, this is great. I like it. I also said it wasn't the most imaginative thing I've ever heard in my life. And then proceeded to get the most listens to we've ever gotten on YouTube and comments and hateful comments. So, yay. And if there still is a dislike button, probably the most of those two. I'm close. Um, we reviewed yes. WWE. So, so next week, are you doing BTS? <laughs> I should, right? I should just I should mine as much Asian culture I can to piss on it just to see if I, you know, if I start getting uh, hate mail that you can direct at sgarmer at gmail.com. Um speaking of which, we reviewed WWE Day 1, that was me and the Podsman. Robert and I can't get a podcast done in less than 2 hours anymore. We reviewed <laughs> Don't Look Up and Being the Ricardos for two and a half hours. Um and then Monday, uh Sean Comer and I reviewed Titane, El Camino, and Christine, the Strawberry Girl, Christine. Hey, another place where you can find David. Uh, Jesse conducted a roundtable of everyone I locked out of the Spider-Man No Way Home review. That was David Wright, Evan Bevins, Benjamin J. Cologne, and the host with the most, Jesse Starcher. And then Sunday, we kicked off the week with uh, two podcasts. One was Jesse, uh, Evan, and I reviewing Billionaire Island by Ronnie Adams' favorite writer, Mark Russell. And um, then myself and Jason Seas reviewed You Season 3. That's two shows we finished. Two shows that, well, well You's not done. You's going to be back for a Season 4. I should, uh, anyway, we reviewed two shows this week. You and, uh, what are we doing right now? Uh, Lost in Space. Next week, Cobra Kai, uh, The 355, um, Volbeat, Hitmonkey, The Witcher, and that's it. Plus, uh, we're on the march to Scream 5. So we'll have a two-part review of the entire Scream franchise. Plus some Nightmare on Elm Street and Wes Craven stuff that we've had in the can for the last, like, five, six years or so. So look for all that this week on the Rattle and Broadcasting Network. All right. Um, anything else, Dave, before we go? No, I think that pretty much covers it. It's, it's a busy month. It sure is, Ollie. It sure is. So, so I hope you all like me out there because apparently you're going to get a lot of me this week. <laughs> you never have enough David Wright. All right. Oh, thanks. My wife would agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, folks. Thanks for joining us here on TV Party tonight. Um, for David Wright, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>